1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. I am Bill Oram, joined this week by a man who can now say he has finally seen it all. Nick Daschle, the Oregon State beat writer for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. Nick Got to talk about the fake field goal at the end of the first half by the Beavers against Arizona. I mean, to to uh, to quote Phil Dunphy, America's Dad on Modern Family, "WTF? Why the face?"
0: Yeah, it was a head scratcher for sure. It, I mean, I mean, social media just completely lit up the second that that backfired and. I can't disagree with him. I am actually a big advocate of, of, of those sort of plays, but not in that situation. That might've been the only situation where you don't run that play because I mean, it gets a first down on virtually any, any other situation, but in that one, he had to get all the way to the end zone and didn't get there. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan knew it was a bad call. As soon, as soon as, as soon as Atticus, you know, grab, grabbed the pitch from the, from the, the holder i i I mean he knew it was a bad call although arizona arizona even admitted yesterday that um had oregon state not tipped him off on the on the field goal the first field goal they would have scored on it because they, they 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 knew what was coming and they had a couple of guys back in protection um you know, had they not had they had Oregon State not kind of tipped their hand a little bit, he might have scored on that. But
1: regardless, it was a dumb play in, in in that situation. So the Beavers go on to lose 27-24 to Arizona. They are now six and two. Nick, I follow you on Twitter. I've seen you trying to fight the the fight that you know it, that Jonathan Smith does not need to be fired, and that you know Corvallis is not. Uh, in shambles um but it seems like the reaction has been and I, I think a lot of it does tie back to that that fake field goal but how do you th- how has the fan base sort of taken the lost arizona and and and, and please put in context losing to arizona th- this year because this is not the arizona of of the last few years that the rest of the pac-12 was so used to to beating no up.
0: and i and I, you, know, you got to be careful about gauging what's on social media and and whatnot as to what is the true reaction from the fan base because i mean twitter's can be can be or x or whatever you want to call it 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 can be a real dumpster fire especially with people they don't identify themselves they just throw stuff out there and you know i i think the fan base is is upset about the call they didn't like losing the game but they're fully behind jonathan i mean anyone that thinks that Jonathan Smith needs to be fired or even looked at over that (laughs) is insane. I mean, that's just, that doesn't make any sense at all. The guy is, has taken a program from, I mean, you could argue that it was the worst FBS program in the country when he took it over to a top 20, top 20 program. And, and I, I think he can at this stage, you could say he could, you know, now the, you know, because of, conference realignment things may change but had they not changed i mean he he might have a top 20 program pretty much for as long as he's here the way he's running things so um yeah no that's just it's ridiculous to even think that jonathan is the wrong guy for this job um but 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 but, you asked about arizona i i was penciling out something here today i think arizona could finish seven and two in the conference they they could Potentially, I don't think it's going to happen because I think Oregon and Washington are going to find a way to both finish eight and one and and, and get to the conference championship game. But I mean, Arizona's got—I want to say UCLA, Colorado, Utah, and Arizona State left.
1: I mean, they're all games that could. And I think UCLA and U- U- UCLA and Utah are both at home, I
0: right? Mean, Those and their two toughest games are at home, and the Arizona State and Colorado games are on the road. I mean, those are games they could all they could win all those. I don't know if they're ready to win all four of them, but they could, and they could finish seven and two and 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 put themselves in a in a nice position in the season. So that's a good football team that Oregon State lost to, and. And Arizona did not win the game on that on that fake field goal. They won it in the fourth quarter. They 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 bullied Oregon State with a running game and Oregon State couldn't handle it. That that's that's where it came down to. Oregon State had a chance to put that game away. It was 17-13. Oregon State had the ball with I don't know 10 11 minutes about 11 minutes left. They put together a nice long drive. They might have put that game away. Instead, they got three and out, <clears throat> punted and Arizona just took over.
1: Yeah. Okay, so six and two, um, Beavers are already bowl eligible. Um, four games left, uh, starting this weekend in Boulder against Colorado. I think early in the year we looked at this as you know a a big moment because of because of the Coach Prime effect, because of Dion Sanders. I, I mean, maybe I'm alone here. I mean, Dion is still a big story, but Colorado's struggles in the last month have sort of knocked that down a peg in terms of the the um, the buzz factor around college football. How are you looking at this game, Nick? And what has you excited about Saturday? You and I are both going to be in Boulder for this one for another night game for the Beavers. Um, what what is what's got your attention, and how much of it has to do with Cody. Well,
0: I mean, regardless of whether it's you know Dion or Prime or whatever you want to call whoever you want to call him, I mean, Colorado, Oregon State, the last two trips back there under Smith have been must see TV. I mean, they both they both games have gone to overtime. The one in 2018, Oregon State won 41-34 in overtime after trailing 31-3 to in the third quarter. I mean, that was the signature win of the of the Smith um, rookie season. And then two years ago, Oregon State lost in overtime, and they forced overtime by when Everett Hayes kicked a 60-yard field goal to, to tie it up. Um I mean, the last two have just been great games. Now this is going to be a totally different. You know, the storyline with this is obviously you know playing against Dion and a sold out crowd, and I, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't really know what a night game in, in Boulder is like. I tried to find a little bit, and yeah, the the weather's supposed to be pretty good. So, um, I mean, Colorado's kind of struggling, but you can't dismiss them, and the way they the way they move the ball. That's not a team that you can just, you know, chalk up as a free square and and say we're moving on to Stanford. Oregon State's going to have to play pretty well to win back there, even though they are, you know, a two touchdown favorite.
1: Yeah. As good as the Beavers have been, right? And we look at them as, you know, one of the top teams in, in, in the Pac 12, they've been vulnerable this year, right? Like, I think the, the Cal game was a bit of a scare. Um, and when you look at, at, you know, what Washington State, for example, was able to do against the Beavers secondary. Now granted Washington State was playing out of their minds and made some incredible catches down the field. But that is the MO at Colorado as well. And so is Colorado going to have success in, you know, isolating their receivers against Oregon State's D- dbs you know, that does feel like a bit of trouble for Oregon State.
0: Yeah. Somebody made the somebody made the comment earlier this week or something. I can't remember who who mentioned it, but If 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 only Arizona had Washington State had been flipped on the schedule, Oregon State might be might be atop the Pac-12 right now because they catch Arizona in the opener of the Pac-12. I mean, that's probably a game Oregon State wins. They catch Washington State right now. That's a game Oregon State. I'm sure they win. I I think they're better. I still believe they're better than Washington State. But Washington State was playing out of their minds right then, and they're not now. Um, But but isn't it
1: interesting? I was just gonna say, isn't it interesting that Oregon State's two losses this year have come down to um, onside kicks? That, by the way, both of them looked like Oregon State either was going to get or had a great shot at getting. I mean, just it just it just speaks to how how thin the margins have been. Now, granted, you know, getting down to the end and needing an onside kick to recover an onside kick to win a game is you know the odds are not in your favor. But I mean, they've lost you know two games by a total of six points, um, and have and have been right there, and you know really has come down to execution on one more drive in each of those games
0: yeah you know last year last year you know they they won a couple of those games that they shouldn't have that they shouldn't have won and they haven't had one of those yet this year so maybe you're thinking in november maybe there's a game out there that that they win that maybe they shouldn't win I i don't know i mean that's that's kind of wishful thinking but you know i was looking at this november schedule i mean at this point my I'm, I'm uh, this Colorado game is pretty important because if they win that, then I think they go at least three and one in November. I, I don't, I don't think they could beat Oregon and Eugene, but I suppose if you win Colorado, you beat Colorado, beat Stanford, beat Wash, and maybe you got, maybe you got enough feel good to go into Eugene and, and, and do something. I don't know, but if they don't beat Colorado, I mean they they're going to beat Stanford at home because they're pretty good at home but i mean right you don't beat colorado 1 and 3 in november and a 7 and 5 record starts to come into play pretty prominently
1: uh i agree with you and i but i do also i mean you got my attention there by saying that it that if you beat colorado you're looking at at least 3 and 1 because that means beating stanford which i think we would pencil as a win at this point just because stanford is Still trying to find themselves, despite you know a couple of you know strong performances in the last couple of weeks under Troy Taylor, um, but don't expect them to come in and win at Reser. But Washington, the next weekend on November eighteenth, um, that is a game that I think that people around the Pac twelve should be paying close attention to. If Oregon State is, or excuse me, if Washington is still undefeated going into that game, um, th- that does feel like a massive um it's obviously a massive opportunity for oregon state and a massive test for washington but you know that could be that could be a game that ends up you know changing the axis of you know the postseason in college football now i don't know if washington loses to oregon state and then were to get to the pac-12 championship game and beat oregon do they still get to the playoff i i think so as a one loss team but oregon state Washington on November 18th is starting to feel like a game that kind of almost no matter what happens with Oregon state over the next couple of weeks um, is going to have massive implications because I don't think even if, even if the Beavers do lose to Colorado and beat Stanford, I don't think you can look at them as, you know, an easy out at home against Washington. Now, you know, maybe some of that gets a little overinflated, obviously, you know, Utah had one twenty nine of 30 at home before Oregon came in and absolutely smoked them. And if you watched the, the video that, that Oregon put out, um, kind of the 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 feature film that they've been doing off of each off of each game. You know, Dan Landing told his team uh, before the game in, in Salt Lake, "What do those 30, 30 games have to do with with our game today?" You know, answers absolutely nothing, and that's true. But there is something to you know Oregon State's success at home, and they are a different team at home. They play better at Reiser, um, and so Washington, Oregon State, November eighteenth. Um, that might end up being the game of the year for Oregon state. Now, obviously, you know, the, the Oregon game at the end is going to have a whole lot of meaning and a lot of real emotion for a whole lot of people, but on the road in Eugene against this Oregon team feels like a real test for Oregon state that, you know, I mean, can't rule them out. Can't rule anything out in that rivalry, but, um, you know, Washington on November 18th is the one I'm excited.
0: Yeah. I mean, Washington right now is, is not, it doesn't appear to be the same team they were when they played Oregon. Penix has been either sick or a little bit banged up. Their receivers are banged up Their 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 defense isn't playing as well as as it was. I don't know if it's just a, you know, a blip in the schedule or, you know, a little bit of a hangover from Oregon or, you know, maybe they get well in a few weeks, but. This doesn't feel like a good spot for Washington when they play Oregon State because they'll, they'll have had to play USC this week and then Utah next and the following week before they play Oregon State. So Washington's got a chance to be, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be, this is a three game stretch where Washington could completely fall apart or, or really make their case for a top four playoff berth. I don't know which way it's going to go for Washington, but. I definitely think it's a game Oregon State can win because it's they,
1: they just play better at home. They, they, they just do. Well, if you watch if you've watched any of Washington in the last couple of weeks, I mean, you know, I, I listened to the Arizona State game on my way back from from Eugene, and that was, you know, shocking. And and then watching them against uh, Stanford last weekend, it just, you know, It just isn't a team that, and and granted, I will say that it felt like you felt like they were going to take over at the end and and things were kind of going to bounce their way. But I mean, Washington got away with an insane pass interference call against Arizona State and Stanford had a fourth down play that, you know, probably leads to a score and, you know, take a late lead that if it if the ball doesn't just get dropped, I mean, a catch that, you know, Nick Daschle could have even made. Um, Well, I don't know about that, but i could have made um that that you know very well could have sent washington to its its first loss of the year and not a and not a good loss like oregon has so um the huskies do feel feel vulnerable right now for sure
0: by the way i'm pretty sure i was a better flag football player at college than you were at montana but anyway um you know one thing we're not talking about and this doesn't really have anything to do with oregon state but but it does have to do with washington this weekend could be fairly pivotal i mean Everybody's pretty much discounting USC now. Well, what if they go and beat Washington next week or this week? And then, you know, who's to say they can't beat UCLA? I mean, that's – they only have three more conference games left. They, they could finish – they could easily finish with one loss. or Well, and they have Oregon. Okay, so USC is still in a position if they win this week to finish seven and two. Washington loses to USC. Washington loses to Oregon State. All of a sudden, we got chaos at the top, and so this weekend's pretty important for Oregon State outside of Boulder, just to see what happens. You know, in places like Arizona with UCLA and and USC with Washington, those two games could be
1: important for Oregon State. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I don't know. I mean, the Pac-12 has had a pretty clear pecking order all season, but November scheduling is is no joke. And, you know, even some of these things that you look at, you know, like, I mean, I think we kind of all give Oregon, you know, assume Oregon has kind of a cakewalk into the end of the year. Well, I mean, Oregon, Oregon has, um, Cal at home. I don't expect them to be tested by Cal, but you know, Justin Wilcox has won games at Austin before, um, Cal has been a tough out this year. They haven't won a lot of games, but they've, they've you know, put up a lot of points, which is not their typical MO. Um, And that game against Arizona State at Arizona State on November eighteenth, same day Washington's in Corvallis, that feels a little um, a little scary to me if I'm Oregon. Um, You know, they haven't really had any of their you know they haven't had they've had low mistake games. They've you know been pretty um, untested with the exception of of um, of the Washington game. Does something like an Arizona State maybe it's a night game? Does that end up? testing, you know, does, does, does some of that catch up with Oregon? I don't know. Ken, you know, Kenny Dillingham playing his former team coaching against Bo Nix. Um, you know, that's, that's one that I think a lot of people will be watching as a potential upset. So um, the PAC 12 could look very different at the end of November than it does. Well,
0: probably. and the other, and the other thing is when we get to the end of the season with Oregon, Oregon state, I I mean, at this point, I don't think a lot of people see Oregon state beaten Oregon, but when they get in those situations where, there's a lot on the line and Oregon State's playing Oregon. Those games have traditionally been difficult to win for the team that needs to win. You know, you look at the mm-hmm. at the uh, the '94 game where Oregon State needed to win to get to the Rose Bowl. They didn't exactly run Oregon State off the field. It, it was a four-point game. Yeah, you know, the tw- the '2000 game that was a. I mean, that was that was the Joey Five Pick game, and and that that was one where either team wins. You know, they they got big stakes um tooth i think it was 2007 or 8 the what the, the one that was a 37 33 game i mean traditionally this has been a two, difficult game for for oregon or oregon state to win when they had to win that
1: game yeah i mean i you're you're right Because 2008 oregon state gets to the rose bowl with a win they lose 2009 the winner goes to the rose bowl and oregon did win it at home but only by a hair and that was the Masoli fourth and three from midfield uh play call that um tilted the scales toward everyone going for it on fourth down now so um you're right i mean this i mean that game is not going to be i don't think we're going to be driving down to corvallis the morning after eugene um uh by the way nick uh i assume we're carpooling to eugene do you mind if we give my dad a ride to salem (laughs) i'm just trying to i'm just trying to plan some holiday logistics um sure okay dad if you're listening we got it sorted out um so, I mean, that game is going to, you know, have massive implications as well. I mean, I think Oregon is pro- almost I, – I, at this point, I feel very confident saying Oregon's going to be playing for a place in the in, in the Pac-12 championship game kind of one way or another. Um, and, you know, the Beavers, may, depending on how November goes, they could be trying to sneak in too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it losing Arizona Arizona took the odds from, you know, maybe 50% down to about 10 or 5. But, but still, I mean – there's still some stakes for Oregon state to to, they'll they're on the line these next four weeks for Oregon state. So it's not completely over yet. It's just, it's just the Arizona thing just totally took the, you know, the air out of the balloon because I mean, let's just, this, let's just say Oregon state had beaten Arizona. That's a team that people would have been talking about Tuesday at the, at the CFP rankings. I'm not so sure Oregon state wouldn't have been ahead of Oregon in the rankings had they won because they got, they have more quality wins than Oregon that, that, that alone. And you know, same record and more quality wins. They got the, you know, they got the two top 25 wins that, that Oregon doesn't have. And so there's a possibility they might've been ahead that, of Oregon in this, in the CFP had they beaten Arizona. Uh,
1: you were surprised that Oregon was ranked as high as it was in the CFP though. The, the, the ducks were sixth in the CFP. And you know, to your point, that didn't have doesn't have the top twenty five wins. Um, some of it's it's what we would have considered its better wins. Texas A and M has not been very good Tech. this year. Washington State, which was was a, God, I keep doing that. I've done that several times. I did that on the radio the other day too. Texas Tech, I was there, um, has not been very good and has um, and has you know kind of not been much of a quality win despite feeling very much like a quality win when we were there. Uh, Washington state, despite spending much of the year in the top 25, not really a quality win, um, by the time the, the ducks got around to them. Um, whereas you look at, you know, Alabama wins against Tennessee and Ole miss, um, with its only loss coming to Texas, you know, behind the ducks, Texas, you know, with win, uh, with a win against Alabama and it's only loss being to OU, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, in the red river river rivalry game, um. You know, so it's. I think you actually can build a case that Oregon was a little overranked in the CFP. Not that the CFP rankings at this point mean anything, because the only thing that really matters about the CFP is who's in the top four at the end. And if Oregon wins out, Oregon's going to be in the top four because they're going to they're going to have wins now against USC, Oregon State, and whoever's in the in the Pac-12 championship game against them, probably Washington. You know, you win all those you know, you're in the, you're in the playoff, no questions asked. And so, um, it's interesting to me that Oregon was ranked where they were, but not, um, but not all that.
0: No, it just, yeah. I I think Oregon is a little overranked in the CFP at this point, because, but like you said, it doesn't really matter because it matters what happens on, you know, the last, the last poll the CFP puts out. I, I think Oregon's Oregon was more is more number six because of the quote unquote eyeball test, as opposed to, statistically what they've done i mean they look like one of the best teams in the country right now but statistically they haven't really proven that that's that's that but they will if they if they run through this schedule and win all these games they'll have they'll have plenty of evidence to to prove they're you know one of the top four in the country but it's just
1: i also think that oregon is getting like a a um a credit like a rebate For the Washington game, because everybody blames Dan Lanning's decision making and not the team. So it's like, it's almost like Oregon is getting credit for beating Washington because everybody knows that they could have, if not should, have beaten Washington. So it's almost like they're getting credit for winning that game, even though they didn't.
0: Yeah, perhaps. I mean, and and perhaps. I don't know. I I just, like I said, but I go back to to Oregon State. I just, you know, I just wonder. (laughs) I mean, what an. I was thinking about this today there this morning. Um, you know, that was, that might've been the biggest, that might, you could make an argument. That's one of the biggest losses of the Smith era. If not, maybe the biggest loss, because just look at the opportunity that the, the chance for, you know, exposure and whatnot, the stakes these next couple weeks. I mean, who's to say Oregon state wouldn't have, wouldn't have, been eight or seven in that, in that first ranking. They beat Colorado, beat Stanford now all of a sudden they're they're you know close to the top 4 with a game against Washington i mean what i mean what an opportunity that was just booted away by by losing the game at arizona not that arizona's not a good team but that's a game they could have won and boy
1: would it have been a big one oregon state is currently ranked 3rd among the two lost teams in the cfp behind notre dame which is 12th and lsu which is 13th right. so if oregon state had been 7 and 1 you can certainly move them ahead of, of at least those two. So they are in at, at worst, you know, the 12 spot, you know, kind of in the range of, you know, Ole Miss, OU, Penn state, Alabama, and Texas. So, yeah, I mean, in turn, you're, you're right in terms of the opportunity lost and where they could have been. and, And considering, I mean, that they did go into that game as a slight favorite, right. They were slightly favored against Arizona. Everybody knew that was going to be trouble. I picked them to lose by a field goal, Um, I think you picked them to win narrowly, but you know, everyone knew that was going to be a close game and a hard out, which leads me back by the way to, you know, in a game that only had 20 points at the time. And I, I, yes, I understand Jonathan has owned it, but I just felt, I feel very strongly that that is a situation where, you know, there aren't going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Um, field goals help. Um, but I think we've settled that at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I I think but Jonathan I think Jonathan's also convinced you got to score in this league to win. And so yeah. I mean, you go back to the Cal game where fourth and 3 down 17-14. I realize it's the second quarter, but I mean that's not that's a situation where the numbers say kick the field goal and tie the game up. No, he went for it on fourth and goal at, from the 3 and and they scored on it. But I mean, what if they don't score there? I mean that those are the things he, I, I just feel like he owned the mistake, but he's going to keep doing this stuff because he just believes that's what you got to do. Even though the numbers really suggest that a lot of these coaches are doing the wrong thing in, in, in a lot of these fourth down situations, I've seen enough evidence out there that shows that, you know, th- these guys are going for it way too often on, on the, in these situations. And like I said, I've been an advocate of it, but I, I'm, I'm not so sure that I'm even right on that.
1: Nick, I do want to, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you about Aiden Childs because I thought his drive against Arizona was one of the real bright, bright spots for the Beavers down in the, the desert. And he's, he's been doing that, you know, one drive in the first half, uh, going back to the Utah game, I believe was the first time that Jonathan kind of um, deployed that. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I thought this was the best it had looked. Um, what did you think?
0: yeah i don't know about that i mean take out the one the one the one throw and you can't take it away obviously but take that one throw away was it really that great of a drive i mean it, it was third and 18 he throws a 52 yard pass and then they don't really do anything with it once they get into in close to the red zone and so i mean it was, it was i mean what we did see is the guy's got a huge arm <laughs> i mean there's no doubt about I me mean, just I mean that was fifty-two yards and it was all it was all in the air, not any yards after the catch. And so we did see that. I, I, I mean he did they, they've scored touchdowns on two of his well, this this is what is this the fifth fourth this is the fourth time he's 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 played in one of these situations and I think he scored yeah. touchdowns. But this is the one situation where he's actually had, you know, the length of the field to go. The other a lot of the other ones were from midfield or, or inside, you know, inside the opponent's, uh, side of the field. So, but it's just more, it's, I guess what it did show is the guy can make plays. I mean, he can make plays. He, he, he proved it with that, with that, with that throw, he got bought himself some time back there and, and, and got Gould down the field. So there's that, but I don't know that it was his best drive, but I, but I do think that you know, we did,
1: we did see he's what, what, what he's capable of. Yeah. I got him down to the 12 and then automaticus came in from 35 yards. But, um, I guess, uh, the question would be given, I say this delicately, but that was not, um, by contrast, that was not, uh, DJ's best game. And now he had a, a nice drive at the very end, give the Beavers a chance, but you know, he, he struggled particularly in the second half. Um, do you think there are opportunities or there will be opportunities or Jonathan will look for opportunities as we get into this fight, the stretch run of the season to give Childs and maybe now. So even more that there's, this is a two loss Beaver team. Will he be looking for opportunities to give Childs additional series, additional reps, or do you think he's going to stick with this one series per game sort of, uh, uh approach?
0: Hard to say. He doesn't really tip his hand on that stuff. I, I, I mean, I, I think you definitely can see you see him continue to play this third series, but, and I, and I, and I think you got to stick, stick with DJ. I, I don't, I don't know that he played terribly at Arizona. I think, I think they were covering the first couple options on People said, Oh, DJ looked like he was indecisive. I, I think he was, he was, he was just, he, they gave him time and he, couldn't you know he, he his first two options weren't open and and he had enough time to wait for his third and fourth option to open up and that's you know i think he the one thing i thought he could have done saturday and this isn't really something that you know i haven't even asked i didn't even ask brian Linger this but, but there were opportunities to run there they they were running guys down the field mm. and i think jim wilson pointed this out on the broadcast and he's right they, they dj could have taken off on some of those and and got some runs because when he gets some momentum going, he's eight yard he's eight yards for You can bring him down because he's just such a load. And, um, I thought that was the one thing he probably could have done Saturday. They didn't do was was take off on occasion on on some of those. But uh, yeah, I don't really see Aiden getting more than one series for now. But I guess anything's possible.
1: All right, Nick, we're going to get out of here, but before we do, um, I would like to get your revised bowl projection for the Beavers now that they are a two-loss team with Washington and Oregon left on the schedule. I think we've both been feeling pretty good about the beeves maybe in the Holiday Bowl. There's been some talk about possibly an Oregon State Clemson Holiday Bowl. Then again, I don't know if Clemson is doing enough on its end for the DJ reunion. Um, but... What do you where do you see the Beavers playing in December at this point? I assume it's December. so. I
0: I I kind of went through the rest of the schedule with everybody just to see where I felt like the, the records would. And I, at this point, I got Oregon and Washington eight and one, and they're gonna they're gonna take the, a C, the a CFP in an NY six bowl. <clears throat> so the next bowl after that's the Alamo Bowl. I got Arizona finishing seven and two, and I think they're going to the Alamo Bowl. Um, then I got Oregon State and UCLA at six and three. That means Holiday and Sun. I I, I got to believe Oregon State is is the Holiday Bowl selection, even though UCLA's got more TVs for a couple of reasons. Oregon State beat UCLA, and the Holiday Bowl still has not got over the UCLA um, snubbing them a couple of years ago during the COVID thing. So I got Oregon State going to the Holiday Bowl and UCLA going to the Sun now. You can't ever discount uh, the these these bowls can take any team that's within one loss of a of a of a team. Uh, you know, Oregon State six and three, they could take any five and four team if they want. Uh, Holiday, the Holiday and the Alamo Bowl. So you never can discount what they're going to do with USC because of the giant TV market. So if if that's not if that doesn't come if that's not a factor to the bowl, then I think Oregon State's going to the Holiday Bowl. But that means they got to finish with so, they got to win three of their last four games. If they don't do that, then then we're looking at sun or lower.
1: So, my my dream of taking you to Carnitas Lona in San Antonio is 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 dying. as well,
0: I mean, I'm probably I'm probably a little too optimistic on Arizona, but I just think the way the schedule sets up and 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 whatnot that they're gonna they're gonna win out from here, but um i mean i suppose that's a team that, that could sn- stub its toe a couple of times just because they got a freshman at quarterback and and you know who knows if they can handle the you know handle being a, a team that's that people think are pretty good i that that part i don't know but um yeah i either way it's looking like it's looking like i'm not going to be home at christmas if it's it's the Alamo or holiday cuz both those games are right after christmas
1: and then what about, you know, drinking buckets of Lone Stars at the Legion Hall at the end of the River Walk? Sorry, I really love San Antonio. More oh, than I do. T- so no, this, I like, this, I, I, this, this is, disheart- this is, this is disheartening. For
0: me. I, I do too, except the last time I was there, it rained nine inches in three days. So that wasn't a, that wasn't a great experience, but, uh, but that was in a June, that was in June. So it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't the winter, you know, the winter of san antonio but yes i'd be happy if, we you, were, if you, had, you i'd be you, happy if we both were to, there you, you know for although that, that i think that game's on the 28th so um and the holiday's on the 27th you had we to, also uh, may be and uh, we, we also may be in el
1: paso I've, I've never i've driven through el paso isn't there a steakhouse i remember back in the day when i think oregon state had a sun bowl maybe it was the missouri sun bowl but I remember reading Paul Bucher filing dispatches from some steakhouse in the middle. Yeah, of the I think there's a steak. So. I've,
0: I've covered three Sun Bowls. And I there, I think it's a steakhouse that might be in Las Cruces. Or is it La, I think that's where I think that might be where because it borders. It, it's on the border of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And and uh, um, but if you've never been there, I'll be
1: I'll be in Juarez if
0: you need. No, me. you will not. I've done that. Don't want to, don't want to do it again. I went, to, I, one of the bowls I went to, they had, they, 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 they took the team to a bullfight over in, over in Juarez. So that was kind of fun, but that was many years ago.
1: Uh, I'm in, I'm in for that completely, but, um, I guess we'll, I guess we will make, I mean, Nick, could we possibly record an episode of the Oregonian sports podcast from a bullfight? fight? I'm not going to Juarez.
0: So if you want to do that, you may, you, you're on your own. I value well, we'll I want I, to I, I want to we'll,
1: we'll, co- come back to the Northwest so we will keep we will keep we will keep we'll keep this conversation going then I didn't hear a no so we'll we'll just keep going all right and with that I would like to thank everyone for listening to the Oregonian sports podcast I'm not going to give Nick another opportunity to speak here I'm Bill Orham, he's Nick Daschle uh, catching up on all things beavers a little bit of Pac-12 sure appreciate you listening by the way I do want to say that you can continue to read all of our stories at Oregon Live. Um, We're doing a lot of cool new stuff with video and with, um, you know, different ways of reaching our, uh, reaching our, um, our, our readers and including a, a campaign of, texting campaign where if you are interested in getting updates from us delivered directly to your cell phone that only come via text you won't find these on oregon live you won't find these on twitter or x or threads or blue sky anywhere else shoot us a text text 503-386-0095 you do that you'll get a text back you can sign up two free weeks of texts from me Aaron Fentress on the Blazers, Nick Daschle on the Beavers, James Crepia on the Ducks, Ryan Clark on the Timbers and Thorns. A um, lot of fun stuff. We've been having a good time with it. So, again, that number is 503-386-0095. Shoot us a text and see what you think. It goes to three ninety nine after those first two weeks. You can cancel it any time. But I think after two weeks, you're not going to want to cancel. I think you're going to want to keep hearing from us, especially with Nick Daschle's acerbic sense of humor and his great insights into the Beavers like the ones you just heard here today. So again, thank you for listening to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. I'm Bill Orham. We'll see you at the ballgame.